Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Good morning. Good morning. How's, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> good morning so far. What'd you do this yeah. weekend? Oh, a lot. <laughs> so I sent Nat a picture this morning. Mm-hmm. What was the picture of Nat? Engagement ring. Yeah, I got engaged. Yeah. That's what I did this weekend. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? Um. Well, we looked at buying a house and almost put an offer in. Oh my goodness, that's huge. And we just thought about it all day and got really stressed out. Oh, oh shit. But yeah. so we did decided not to. Okay, it wasn't there. the right one? No, I don't think so. Mm. It's really hard because, like I told Eric, like it's just not going to be perfect. Like we're not going to buy. And like, I, I kind of, I expect that, but he has a bigger list of like things he wants than I do. Oh, what does so, he want? He just wants a, like, a specific size yard or oh. functionality of the yard, which I do too. But the place that I was looking at was there was a park two houses down. So that's kind of oh, yeah. helpful for like when we have kids, if we have kids. And it was also really close to the ocean. So those are like, mm. that's like a bigger deal to me than to him. So yeah. anyways, weighing the pros and the cons, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you have to do one of those, you know, those... uh um hgtv shit things thing oh yeah 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 where you you do show him his perfect house but you show him the price tag oh that, that, yeah well that's the thing like we've been looking <laughs> yeah. like are we going up this high are we gonna do that like what yeah. does it mean what does it what does it mean like what is dollar yeah. sign dollar signs versus quality of life so yeah. on, on both sides of the tracks like do we go really low and renovate do we go higher and yeah Ugh. oh yeah that's tough it's because you guys are renovators too like you guys have the know-how you have the will you have mm-hmm. the will the is the will is it comes and goes yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well mostly you have the will i mean you did it like you've yeah. done it well, i mean like we could yeah. do it again but it is a lot and it puts a lot of stress yeah. on my body and that's something that i'm yeah. not as willing to to give mm, i'll give yeah my time but if i it just when you're doing something like that it's in your head and that you can't really, it's really difficult to detach and not be thinking about it all the time. And that's where my, okay. where it will start to affect my health just from yeah. thinking and I, about Yeah, shit. I remember um, on the podcast, you would be like, yeah, you were hunched over and your shoulder hurts and your mm. neck hurts. I remember that. You're in like a low squat the vast majority of the time <laughs> <laughs> with like a rounded upper back. Yeah. Or you're Ooh. like doing the ceiling and your head is cranked way back, like something painting the ceiling or removing a popcorn ceiling or I don't know yeah so it's a it's lot of difficult weird body postures but yeah yeah it's I just know. difficult I get that yeah. all right well I'm, I'm sure you guys will figure it out just we're, have to like, yeah we're getting there yeah talk it through and maybe like maybe put it down on paper I find that's always helpful yeah we have lists yeah lists mm-hmm. they just change yeah. I don't know that's okay. Victoria's small too, so it's like really like one couple blocks over is just like a different neighborhood, and then mm. like proximity to my work, and there's just so mm. many factors. But yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. we're like we're in the city, we want to live, we love it here. It's going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Proximity to work is important, though. Do you guys get a lot of traffic there? No, well, not where we are because we're okay. right in Victoria. People who are coming from more like the suburbs more yeah. so it's not crazy like vancouver but it is it is time in the car for sure i bike to work yeah. in 15 minutes flat yeah from yeah, like that's awesome. changing and everything so that's awesome holy shit yeah, yeah it's good that's really good anyway but yeah anyways yay engagement that's sweet <laughs> yeah it's happening yeah i'm excited um i don't i don't know if i'm excited for like a wedding i'm just i'm just excited to continue to love him yeah that's awesome yeah yeah I've never been one to like um like dream about you know weddings and stuff like that I wasn't either no yeah same same. yeah I'm not really so he's asking me questions and I'm like I I honestly don't know like I haven't given it thought you know Mm -hmm. so um 
yeah, now it's time to give it some thought, I guess. <laughs> Do you have like a timeline, like within a year or two or? I guess Not really. Yeah. Like, he was actually asking me that, like, oh, um, should we buy a house first? Should we uh, get married for it? Like, which one comes first? And I'm like, I don't know. I also haven't given this much thought. Mm-hmm. Like, He's been thinking yeah, like, about it more than you have, probably. So, like, Maybe, yeah. Maybe his parents have been thinking about it more than Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> Often the case. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the case. So, um, yeah, no, it's nice. He got me, like, a nice thing of roses that I'm looking at right now. It's so cool. This is, like, the, my first piece of expensive jewelry. It makes me really nervous. Oh, Eric takes this off all the time, and it's his, yeah. like, well, his wedding band, and it's not expensive. But Oh, okay. But it's still, like, he takes it off when he washes the dishes. He takes it off when he's making dinner or making any food. He's like, I don't want to get it dirty. I'm like, it's yeah. meant to be on your finger. It's meant to get scratched. Just leave it on, because it's always on know. these weird little ledges around our house. <laughs> and then I'll, like, take it for a while and, like, put it in my pocket, and he won't notice, but then... Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, oh, here it is. Just like... <laughs> I just assume he's going to lose it. That's so funny. Yeah, I was, like, walking my dog with it, and, like, I was looking at it, I was, like, so happy, but I'm just, like, I'm out in public, you know, like, suddenly some sort of paranoia came over me. I'm, like, I'm out in public. What if someone wants to, like, steal it? <laughs> then what? Like, am I am I supposed to fight for it? Like, I think I have to fight for it, right? But what if they have a gun? Like, and I spiraled. Oh, my Dude, gosh, it was, Sandy. Yeah, it was... <laughs> And then I started like tucking my um my hand into my sleeve so that like no one would see that hand. But it's it's pretty hard to walk a dog with just like one hand. So yeah, I don't know. It's You're, complicated. I, it's just I, a ring. <laughs> Most people have them. <laughs> That's what he said. He's like, do you know how many people out there have rings? Yeah. If people went around stealing people's rings, they no one would. Win. I'm like, oh, I guess that's true. You're fine. I yeah. I don't know. You're fine. You're fine. Trust me. You're fine. You're it's good. funny. Do you wear your, you don't wear your ring. You just wear your wedding band. No, no. I wear both of them. I actually, I just have them on oh. separate hands. Oh, nice. Um, just cause that's how I, I want to do. Well, the, the engagement ring is <clears throat> a little bit big for my left ring finger. That one's oh. fingers a little bit smaller and I have really big knuckles. And anyways, <laughs> it just spins around, spins around. And still want to get cold. Like this one spins around, but better on my right hand and I could get a resize but I kind of like them separate oh, that's kind of cool yeah yeah I like that mm. interesting modern times right. we can do what we want okay yeah talk about the things and the stuff yeah let's do some yoga talks yes okay yeah. <laughs> the brain and how meditation changes it yeah boom so sorry I think <laughs> all of our all of our final episodes are basically going to be on the brain because it's so cool yeah Pretty much. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it is ridiculous. And if you haven't cool. heard yet, we are closing the podcast. What went when? Yeah. Sad face because of life yeah. stuff. Like buying houses, getting married, maybe having yeah. babies. And, and eventually, yeah. 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 It's just things are happening. And, you know, we love this project so much, but it's it's time to let go of it so that other things can get our time yeah and brain yeah or we clone ourselves that'd be cool that'd be great i don't know though could you imagine talking to yourself well like it'd be happy like i don't know some sort of robotic self where i could turn it on turn it off anyways that's kind of like alexa but like with a natalie sandy (laughs) personality (laughs) (laughs) all right all right okay it's the only way it's gonna happen but probably not yeah (laughs) okay so gray matter um this is really cool meditation is awesome yeah so i'm looking at was doing some research and i've I've read about this before how meditation increases the amount of gray matter in your brain let's talk about gray matter first Mm -hmm. there's this awesome video i watched that video he's like a professor um yeah he's something he's a cool guy in a plaid shirt and (laughs) So we'll link a little YouTube video. The guy talks about the brain and and gray matter. Oh, yeah. The most, the best part of that. I think this is why I linked it. He makes um, like dendrites and axons out of pipe. I think they're pipe cleaners. 
I I don't know, but I I know you can buy those models. Those are so rad, though. I'm gonna make they're them. They're so cool. Yo, seriously, like my sister graduated with a PhD in biochemistry, and we got her like a little. Um, they sell these like it's like a little neuron mm-hmm. um, with the axon dendrites, um, and has this little happy face on it. Mm. Yeah, and then like it, you can put like a graduation cap on it too. It's like a little stuffy. It's adorable. I yeah, like they that. make these things like. Some some company out there was like, I, the nerds need um, <laughs> stuffies his made look, in shapes. His looked like a pipe cleaner thing, though, which stoked me because maybe. I want to make that. Like, if I'm a mom one day, my kids are going to have neuron. Neurons. We're like <laughs> making stick people and I'm like making a neuron. 100%. That's so fun. 100%. Yeah. I'd be into that, though. I'd be into like pipe cleaner making a neuron. No, oh, yeah. Fun. It's amazing. Yeah. So the gray matter is actually what you call like the neural bodies, excuse me. So <clears throat> the bleh, the big nasty net. <laughs> so that you have like your neural body, like the actual, the big part of the cell. And then you have the axons, the long parts that will connect the terminals to the other dendrites. Mm-hmm. Um the gray matter is like the the dendrites and the axon terminals. So it's like the things on the ends, not the long skinny part. And the white matter in your brain and, and also in your spinal cord is the axons and that kind of myelinated sheath that goes around it. Yeah. Yeah. So he describes it really well. He's yeah. just like in the cortex or the bark. So the outer layer of the brain, there is mostly um, gray matter. And then on the, in the inner layer of the brain, there's mostly the myelinated sheaths. But of course, that's not like that's not a hundred it's not like a hundred percent it's that way it's it's just like there's more of a concentration yeah um found there yeah he explains it really well so i I definitely recommend taking a look at his his vid Mm -hmm. actually it's reversed in the spinal cord then it goes the white matter on the outside gray matter on the inside yeah that makes sense neat yeah as a little bit of protection right Mm -hmm. your brain has the bone to protect it so (laughs) touche well you're yeah yeah yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I know your spine does have stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not, not nearly it's not as protective. Skull. Yeah, the skull is pretty pretty darn uh, durable. Yeah. So, let's I want to talk about one study first. There are there are quite a few. Um this last one was in 2015 and I'm going to link to right now I just have a I've linked to uh, an article. It's on psychcentral.com news. I'll try and find her actual paper and link to that. Okay. And then there are, I have another website that references like four other studies. I'll try and find those papers as well, because I think these things are quite accessible to read for if you're a yoga teacher and you're not a scientist, or if you're a scientist yeah. and a yoga teacher, then should be a problem. But if you're, if you don't have a science background, these are quite accessible to read. Plus you're interested in it. So it's just that much more absorbable. Um, and these are great things to add into teacher trainings or to take glean little bits of inspiration for your class or to have like a resource maybe typed out in a one pager for private clients or to have as marketing for corporates or wherever you're going to teach and just have this stuff like kind of in your brain accessible to to spit out instead of just saying like oh it's good for your brain yeah you have some some science to back it up some actual research yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's so cool (laughs) it's so cool so this this woman sarah laser or lazar it's l-a-z-a-r however you're going to say that she was doing her phd And she was a runner. She was training for a Boston Marathon. And her physical therapist told her that she needed to stretch more or like run less, stretch more. She's going (laughs) to injure herself, right? So she goes to yoga class to stretch. And the yoga teacher is saying things about like compassion and like noticing your feelings and your body. And she's like, yada, 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 just here to stretch. And then she (laughs) (laughs) she notices... Uh, after I don't know I don't know how much time but she doesn't notice that this impacts the way kind of she is interacting in the world and the way she is reacting to things and she's noticing maybe a greater sense of compassion and this sort of stuff she's like okay well maybe there's something to this like being um, a PhD student she was 
I think she was doing it in molecular biology. She just had that kind of sciencey type brain. She wanted to shift her focus onto what happens in your brain when you meditate or practice stress reduction or yoga type practices, which is pretty sweet for her to like just figure it out at the right time and then be like, I'm going to pivot. <laughs> I'm sure it took a lot of, that's a hard decision to make yeah. to change a um, course of study. That's, that's not easy. Yeah. So she must've been, she must've had some pretty profound experiences, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or she's just that's super awesome. nerdy. One of the two, maybe both. <laughs> or both. Who knows? So. <laughs> So there, I guess she probably got together with her advisors and her colleagues, and they wanted to look at what the what the brain composition was in people who had meditated for a long time versus mm-hmm. a control group, people who have not been practicing meditation. And so they, they looked at their brain, brains via like uh, MRI scans. You can look at the density of the gray <clears throat> matter in those scans. And they found that there's more gray matter in and around like the sensory regions of the brain, which makes sense because when you're meditating, and I was trying to do this last night, but it was keeping me awake. <laughs> you're, I was like, I'm going to try this. Um, trying to like meditate when you're maintaining your awareness really in the present moment, which is a huge part of meditation. Sometimes you can do, well, you can do uh, like imagery and different things like that but like really just listening to the sounds that are coming in feeling sensations in the body so that type of a focus your brain the regions of your brain that deal with that stuff they actually like grew more dendrites grew more yeah. oh, grew, grew more neural nerve cells neural bodies yeah. and, and axons and everything but the the gray matter like is more dense and thicker and there's more of it because there's actually more of those nerve cells which is freaking cool yeah the and oh another place in the brain is the frontal cortex which is associated with working memory and executive decision making yeah i need that shit yeah (laughs) um so can you tell us a little bit why why is it i mean i think we instinctively know like of course i want more brain yeah like if, yeah, but like why in particular um, do we want more brain cells? Like how does it work? I don't know if you know. Because when, as you age, your the density of your gray matter begins to reduce. Like it, or it does, it reduces okay. over time. You, your brain cells start to die. That's, Is that associated with memory loss? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and just every, loss of everything. Anything that you don't kind of continue to practice, your brain is just a skill set, right? Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I haven't done this for a while, and like that skill, whatever it is, whether it's the movement and proprioception of your body, or if it's how to tie a knot, right? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you lose that stuff if you don't use it. So your your body's efficient, right? Like your brain takes a lot of energy and glucose. Mm, And we've talked about that. We just, our body wants to preserve energy because if we don't have we don't well we do have endless we like the western world have pretty much endless amount of food but definitely not the case for everyone but your body's like hey i don't know i don't know if i need this so i'm gonna check this one out Mm. just to preserve energy so they the they were looking at some of these people in like the 50 years age group and they had gray matter that was similar to people who are 25 years old. That's when they, they meditated. The people had been long time meditators. So they oh, already, been... okay. So they already did it yeah. before the study. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So this, this, this study breaks up into like two things. Cause they, they look at these people with, who had been meditating for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get this from the paper. This was kind of like this, the short notes on, on the summary blog post. So I'm sure in the paper they talk about how long those people have been meditating for. But yeah, they just said they have more dense gray matter and it's like you're looking at a young brain when someone is in the 50 years kind of age yeah. range. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's like when you see people who are older and they slow down, their reaction time is slower. Right. Their ability yeah. to just like process quickly is not yeah. there. And then, yeah, just specific skills, like specific skills and friggin' everything 
Yeah, you lose it, right? No, that and you can sense. see it. And we all see it in people who are older in our lives, our parents or grandparents. Mm-hmm. It's just your brain kind of slowly getting rid of what it doesn't need anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I wonder if part of this is also like um, uh, why some people like fall more as you get older, like. Mm-hmm. Not that you forget how to walk, but... Well, you kind of do. <laughs> like, your brain, if you don't do it often, if you're not an active yeah. person, like, those... It's not like yeah. all the nerves necessarily die, but also, like, those connections to one yes. another, that signaling doesn't mm-hmm. fire as quickly. Yeah. Like, you didn't process the step was as high as you should have, and it, it actually might be a physical change in your brain, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like there was a connection between two neurons that your brain decided it didn't need because you didn't step in that step like that way in so long. Um, and so it got rid of it. So the next time you're you're confronted with it, it's like the first time you've ever done it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. OK, that makes sense. Um, anything else I want to say about that part? No, I think that's good. Yeah. 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 That's cool that longtime meditators had 25 uh, year old brains. Like they had brains that looked like a 25 year old. That's so badass. I kind of want to like do a brain scan. What does mine look like? <laughs> I think it'll be pretty good. Maybe. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say it's good. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who knows? You use it a lot. Uh, so then I they, they wanted mm-hmm. to look at, they're like, okay, so that's great. You've been meditating forever. But like, what if those people just had more gray matter in their brains to start with? Right. Right. Yes. Like how do we do like a before and after? So. excuse me again that's what they wanted to do is a before and after they took a group of people who had never meditated before Um, I think there were 16 people and they put them through an eight-week mindfulness and stress reduction program which consisted of meditation Mm -hmm. Um, and they had a control group where they did not do that with people I don't know what they did but they didn't do that Uh, just sit there and do nothing yeah It was, I don't know, Netflix, it was 2015. I just put them in front of some Netflix. Um, <laughs> okay, Netflix is not all bad. I learned something on there the other day. I forget what it was. What did you learn? I was going to tell you, and it was so cool. <laughs> Damn it, Nat. No, I was so you excited. You got to meditate more so that you remember shit. Oh, man. Okay, the, the show Rotten is really interesting and depressing okay. about food, but just take it with a grain yeah. of salt. That's cool. We rearranged our house, mm-hmm. well, our tiny condo, so that the TV is sort of separated from where we work and eat and uh, do chores and stuff. And since doing that, like, we turn on the TV so much less. Yeah, I am, like, a super big fan of that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually really, really glad because I, I have been a slave to this TV. No more TV. Yeah, but if you want to watch yeah. something educational about food, Rotten is good. Rotten. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so... I took these people through eight weeks of mindfulness practice. So they had, excuse me, a 40 minute long, um, I think it was a, like a meditation audio file thing that people listened to. They, they kind of walked them through it for one day and then they let them go home with it for eight weeks. And they said, try and do it every day for eight weeks. And mm-hmm. they did say that people reported like, I think they averaged 27 week, 27 minutes a day. Like people were not doing okay. it necessarily for, not everyone was doing it 40 minutes. Yeah. Which is, that's a long time. So I, yeah, I think yeah. it's ranged from like five to 40 minutes. Yeah. For a new person, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they, two weeks before they actually started that, they took MRIs of their brain. And then after the eight weeks, two weeks after that, they took MRIs of their brains after, 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 huh. after. Anyways. <laughs> I wonder why they chose two weeks before they started the meditation and two weeks after they finished the meditation. Because like. I guess they wanted to study lasting effects. Yeah, I wonder. Like, maybe it was just logistics of the MRI machines. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, you never right. know. But yeah, it was about two weeks before, about two weeks after. Okay. Okay. And then they found like a good five things that they list about people's brains. They Let's say the primary difference they found, and I, I'm not going to go over all the brain parts. Also, I just myself I'm not really that practiced in what they all do but they found in the posterior cingulate which is involved in mind wandering and self-relevance um huh. they found a difference there this this just says they have a difference yeah what kind of like improvement I think a, di- a difference I think it was like an okay. uh, increased grave matter so self 
relevance. That's kind of interesting, eh? Self-relevance. That's very interesting. Is self-relevance the same as like self-esteem? I would say there's probably a link or just, you know, you got your Brene Brown, like being enough, like I am enough. Yeah. Like you're relevant. You're enough. You feel more maybe mm, just like at home, at home in your body, you could say at home in yourself. Yeah. Relevance. It's a, it's an interesting word word because relevance is like relevance to the world relevance to yourself like you said like I am enough um you know and maybe it makes me even think of like positioning in the world Mm -hmm. you know being like one of a whole bunch of other organisms I'm not sure what that means but mind wandering for sure I get that like improvements in mind wandering because that's all meant you know a lot of mindfulness is bringing yourself back to a single point of focus Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting the self-relevance I would think is Oh gosh, I just had it. Is your is your mind wandering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't hold on to a thought? Well, because I was listening to you and then I got distracted. Oh, oh you're so cute. <laughs> I'm trying When it comes back to you. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had it, but whatever. And it was just an opinion, so it's not fact anyways, that's fine. Um let's go to the second one then. Let's do it. Uh they saw a difference in the left hippocampus, which assists in learning, cognition, memory, and emotional regulation. Okay, before we do that, doesn't hippocampus just make you think of hippos? No, it's bit. like a hippo in your brain. It's yeah. so cute. It's just like a left hippo. What did, I wonder what happy. hippo means in Latin or something. I know it must have something. Yeah. It must be like it must not mean hippo. Yeah, but anyway, I, feel, I find it very cute. <laughs> so cool. So learning, cognition, memory, and emotional regulation. These are things that are we want. I do, anyways. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a relatively stable person, I'd say, emotionally. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but man, like, those are awesome skills. Cognition, like, I always want my brain to fire faster and just process, and that's super cool. Yeah. Eight weeks. You know who? Like, eight weeks of meditation. Yeah. You know who has like really good cognition, I find? Um, comedians. They're like really fast on their feet. You Super, know? yeah, witty, sharp, yeah. Yeah, sharp. That's exactly it. I would love to be more sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not bad. Okay. Not always. <laughs> besides when I was just gapping. <laughs> it's more, it's not to do, yeah, not to do with like, it's yeah, more to do with comic things, yes. <laughs> comic things like what do you mean when eric and i are goofing around and oh there's something yeah. like witty or a pun or i can string yeah, things yeah. together oh. more quickly than yeah. he can oh okay yeah, yeah. he's always yeah. like good one i'm like yes oh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't th- i don't think i noticed you're not very punny though you don't like not super punny no um no. Puns, yeah, puns aren't actually I, like learn puns from him. Probably didn't <laughs> didn't pun at all pre Eric, but certain yeah, things no, puns are great. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. So we we probably all want more of that definitely. memory for sure. Definitely. And it's yeah. just eight weeks. It's so cool. It blows my mind. Okay. Um, the third one, the temporoparietal junction or the TPJ, which is associated with perspective taking empathy and compassion Mm. cool cool very cool perspective taking yeah i guess so like perspective taking like how you would look at something maybe like that kind of broader view oh okay yeah yeah Uh instead of just looking at your your perspective your associations with good bad that like Maybe the amygdala chiming in with fear and stuff like that. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like the empathy and compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. You can grow uh, your brain to be more empathetic and compassionate. That's. Yeah. Freaking crazy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And this was mindfulness based stress reduction. So this wasn't even like, um, well, they cut those loving kindness uh, meditations. Yeah, it's not specific. There are several studies on 
different types of meditation and they're all Uh like this type of meditation does this to your brain this type of meditation does this to your brain Mm -hmm. basically if you sit down and you're chill and you're focused on whatever it's gonna increase that whatever in your brain like if you're practicing a meditation around compassion you will grow more compassionate more nerve cells to be more compassionate yeah if you if you're practicing being present and like having that kind of like sensory input present moment then you're gonna grow more more density in that area of your brain it's like brain exercise it's very much brain which yeah yeah, which muscle you want to be bigger you can you can put that intention there and it grows bigger yeah that's kind of cool it's kind of cool sandy it's freaking unreal okay okay all right (laughs) all right let's keep going maybe we can like hook donald trump up to a mindfulness (laughs) meditation (laughs) that'd be real anyways yeah some people have to do it for a while though i think he need he needs some coaching in that Mm -hmm. meditation is also one of those things that you can totally cheat at it's like, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you, and actually you're just thinking about something else. Oh, yeah, if you're not listening, you're yeah. not actually participating. Yeah. Yeah, like you have to, meditation, like you have to try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one's pretty rad. The An area of the brain stem called the pons. Okay. The pons. pons. Heard of the pons. Don't really know much about the pons. <laughs> um, so more density there where there's a lot of, there's a lot of regulatory neurotransmitters produced. So I think the brainstem is generally um, from my like distant, distant memory of biology 101. Uh, I think it's um, it's like conserved. So these are more uh, what you might call it. Um, so like your your heartbeat, the brain center that regulates your heartbeat and your blood osmolality, like osmolality, like what's in your blood in terms of um, oxygen and carbon dioxide. Those uh, regulation centers are more in like conserved areas of the brainstem. So you mm-hmm. don't have, so when we go into the frontal cortex towards your forehead, that's where you have like controlling stuff, your, um, your intellect, your wisdom, your memory, all that stuff is there. Um, your reasoning logic. Um, and then there's two sides of the brain that control your ability to move, but this is all still in like closer to the forebrain. Mm-hmm. But then when we get to the brainstem, that's really close to your neck. That's where you get stuff that you have absolutely no control over. Like, um, yeah, like blood pressure, mm-hmm. uh, pH <laughs> of your, your fluids, um, like regulatory things. So, this is interesting. So regulatory neurotransmitters, I wonder if they're they're talking about um, like those processes. So like heart heart rate variability, heartbeat, um, blood pressure, stuff like that. Yeah, like things like GABA. And it was a neurotransmitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. They're like these little things that go from one nerve to another and they they're like hor- like they're like hormones. That's the closest mm-hmm. thing. They're like these little chemicals that go one cell to another and turn things on and turn things yeah. off. Yeah. And they have to have special little receivers to take them in. There's a lot of yeah. biochemistry in there. Um, but you can, you can actually like change how this stuff, like you say, like you're not, um, what's it called? Consciously turning this on. Yeah. Like you're not like produce more GABA, chill out. (laughs) You can control your breath and you can control um, to a certain extent your thought process. And, Mm -hmm. but that's like the kind of the chemistry that's happening in the background. Super rad. Neurotransmitters are so important. This is like how your brain works. It's how they fire. It's how they talk to each other. Cause they, they get close. The axons are, or the, um, dendrites and the axon terminals and then yeah the chemicals fire between each other and so they're talking pew pew you can't yeah have that stuff fire then your brain's not gonna feel super awesome and your whole body yeah that's interesting eh? yeah okay numero cinco five this one is like microphone drop for me this is the coolest (laughs) so well maybe not it's all super cool 
Um, the amygdala, which we talked about two episodes ago, which is kind of mm-hmm. historically known as your brain's fear center, more so now known as your kind of like emotional center processing emotions. Um, so it says here, like it's the fight or flight part of the brain, which is important for anxiety, fears, and stress in general. These are all necessary things for you to have, um, mm-hmm. when regulated in a healthy way. Um, that area got smaller in the group when it went through the mindful-based mm-hmm. stress reduction program. That's cool. That's so cool. That's very cool. Yeah, eight weeks. Because we talked about that area of the brain, if it's kind of stuck being like your go-to deciding factor on, on how you're moving through the world. Yeah. Those like automatic judgments Nature. almost that are yeah. really unnecessary. You need that fear and anger response for survival and not to judge someone like we gave like the example of driving in traffic. Mm. Excuse yeah. me, I had to have a sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I think all of this just shows like eight weeks and you can either increase volume or decrease volume in areas of your brain just goes to show like that plastic quality of our brains like we have such a capacity for change Mm -hmm. um and so like you know that whole old adage like an old dog can't learn new tricks like that's so not true and we do the whole worlds of brains such a disservice by believing that because then you you allow yourself to be stuck in these patterns like like you're a victim but you're not like you really are not yeah you can teach and you can learn and it's just a matter of doing it or, or like practicing it and, and having a commitment to to the health of your brain. Um, yeah. Because we have this idea or maybe it's more like the language associated with our brain in the 90s and even the early 2000s of this hard wiring mm. of our brain. We're yeah. born and we're, we have, we have yeah. genes that are going to determine how we how we behave and yeah how our bodies are and all all, everything Mm -hmm. yeah and our brain is like this hardwired electrical thing that circuit circuit that turns things on Mm -hmm. and off yeah which is like yeah there is that kind of electrical circuit component but it's not hardwired like you or you can change that by thinking which is insane yeah 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 so watch your thoughts they always say right Mm -hmm. watch what you let yourself think about that's pretty cool. There was a YouTube video. It's a little TED Talk. I'll see if I can try and find it. Close that window last night. But <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. Okay. Um, this woman is talking about the brain and plasticity and growing nerve cells. And she says by the time you're 50, you actually grow, regrow every nerve cell in your brain. Well, that makes sense because, like, they're just cells. They die and yeah. they regrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you have, like... So- yeah. 700 about 700 a day new ones oh cool i didn't know that yeah that's rad so like every day 700 chances to make them better oh right oh and i'm just thinking of the little stuffies and being like i want you to be i want you to be a better stuff what kind of nerves do you want to grow today sandy yeah that's very interesting what kind of neurons do you want to grow today yep good ones Happy, compassionate, loving, yeah, curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me some of that. I don't know what else. <laughs> All the things. Excited. <laughs> ones that like to move and mm-hmm. the ones that really like to talk to each other and communicate. And yeah. Communicate and make my body communicate and yeah. regulate all the neurotransmitters very well and regulate all yeah. the hormones, make sure my organs are healthy. I want happy ones. Yeah, the really happy ones for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so what do you think of the, the physical asana practice? In relationship to this? Yeah. Well, the physical asana practice is definitely strengthening, growing, growing nerve cells, neurons, in the areas associated with movement and like that awareness component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if there's a translation 
Because, okay, so basically meditation is the brain thinking about the brain, right? Um, I don't think, well, well, you're not necessarily thinking about your brain when you meditate. It's true. Okay. But it's, it's a, in most meditations, there is like an observation of the thought process. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. Or, so, or it can be like on just the observation of yourself in space. Sensory Yes. Input. Whereas like that, that for me is like asana is a meditation of yourself in a physical space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could see that growing the, um, aspect of your brain that has like proprioceptive, um, Those m- or interoceptive, motor, like motor control and yeah, the interoception too. Yeah. 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 I think it will definitely, yeah. the, t- the, it depends what you're teaching or you're being taught. Right. Um, some of the, there's this one teacher I go to right now and she's lovely. She says really lovely things at the beginning at the end of class, gets you to think a little bit. The practice is really fast though. And not in like, okay. it's not in like a vigorous vinyasa way, like the, like she's not making you chaturanga like every second pose or anything, uh-huh. but the poses are thread together quite quickly. You feel like you're in a dance, like in a dance and being choreographed. Oh, okay. Um, but you, you kind of get, once you know that that's the way she, she teaches, you get used to it mm-hmm. and it does feel good because there's a lot of repetition. So within like my fascial body, I feel good. But I don't have that time to like process or be as aware of myself Mm -hmm. in space. It's more just like get here, get there. And I have, because I have training, I can kind of fine tune my body in a pose really quickly compared to other people. Like I know where things got to be or know like if I want to change it a little bit to stretch or strengthen something else, I can do that on the fly. Whereas other people are just listening to her cues, which are super fast and not super detailed. Mm. So, but yeah, it kind of lacks that. Um, yeah, just like being having that moment to be aware of. Okay, how is my breath? Like, what are my thoughts here? Yeah, where am I not engaging? Where am I engaging too much? Yeah, um, yeah. Her. The mindfulness component of yeah. movement. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't. I don't. Like you would not get all these benefits unless you you did a little bit of that if you have to mm-hmm. yeah because then your brain is just offline yeah so it's it's more just like a practice of being led it's physical it's a warmer warmer class not super hot but warmer so you sweat so you're getting different positive aspects of the practice but yeah it doesn't it does kind of miss that mark for me for what is for for me like at the heart of yoga yeah yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I would love to compare the brains of a person who did a very mindful physical practice and then the person who just worked out, you know, did the workout yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's, we would make like all the postures the same. So the study would go like this, two groups. All the postures are the same, um, but the cueing is scripted and it's different. So the cueing in like control group one or like group one is just all... Um, put your hand here, put your other arm there, you know, like Mm, do this, do that. And then the cueing in the other group is that put your hand here. Now feel the ground, Mm -hmm. push the ground away, feel your shoulder blade protract, you know? Yeah. Um, Notice how much of your hand is touching the ground. Yeah. 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 And then, and then let's do an MRI. Let's do do an MRI. (laughs) Now everybody lay down, put you into the machine. (laughs) Just lay down this thing. It's totally safe. Oh my god! This is normal. This is part of yoga. Come on, like just do it. Just get in the machine. I want to see what happens. That'd be really Cause cool. I, yeah, because I feel like that's that's like what we talk about a lot, like you and me here in this podcast, um, just about like methods of teaching. You know, like where modern yoga is going mm-hmm. and what benefits are we actually giving people. Um, and this is like a huge one that seems like so unstudied, like they only studied meditation, which is great, but, um, the physical movement with the mindfulness in a physical movement is like hugely powerful. Yeah. So I think there's, there would still be like the class, the example that I gave versus like a Hatha class or even just the same class, like it's a good class slowed down with more cueing to like, notice how you feel here. Notice the movement, the feeling of your breath like on your upper lip or in your nostrils you know all that all that stuff yeah um yeah I think it would just be different density in different parts of your brain so oh so cool probably like the movement (laughs) 
motor motor kind of control motor cortex i think mm-hmm. it's called that I might so, be yeah. more dense um yeah. than something that's slower and then you'd yeah. have more density in the slower practice in that kind of like sensory input area or sensory processing and those areas of like compassion and empathy and that kind of stuff yeah like i i would want to see if they're actually very similar to meditation because um all the stuff about like uh self-relevance um that we were we were trying to figure out you know like i could totally see that happening yeah because you're feeling yourself yes of course like within a posture but also within the world um mind wandering like for for just exercise your mind can be anywhere and you're just putting your hand there your other arm there whereas like if you really sense what parts of your hand are against the ground and you push and then you sense you know like that that takes your focus quite a bit um yeah so that's why i'm i I would love to compare a mindful physical practice with just mindfulness practice Mm -hmm. yeah i think that would excite me or even just a like a practice <laughs> a hatha class, like a good old fashioned hatha class where you're yeah. do your standing series and you're not going into down dog in between. You just come back to Tadasana. You do warrior yeah, it's not two, about the transition. Tadasana. Yeah. You yeah. triangle Tadasana. And yeah. then like you're there for like ten breaths with your eyes closed, feeling and noticing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the the training I'm doing is all pranayama ancient yoga tradition like they put it in their words but they they call it like the sattvic quality of a practice Mm -hmm. right so rather than um are they called actually i forget what what those are anyway um yes there's sattva there's tapas and there's rajas Mm -hmm. right yeah no is that right uh tapas rajas is sattva something else Oh no, I'm pretty God. sure there's three. There Fuck. are three. Okay. I'm just wondering. Sapphire is six. Yeah. This is this is what we need Google okay. for. Sorry, guys, we're Googling. Just tapas. Worst. Tamas. <laughs> yeah, tapas <laughs> is like the dis- Yeah, okay. Yeah, gunas. Like, they're called the gunas. gunas right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're they're saying that sapphire is the only sustainable one. You can you can have a very physical practice and that's very rajasic, like mm-hmm. very fiery, sweaty, move yourself around, you know, um, think like, I don't know, hip hop dancing, <laughs> shit like that, yeah. like really fast. But um, it burns itself out like you, you do lose energy. You're just like burning calories and then you're, you're done. Yeah. And then tamas is the energy of like laying on the couch and watch Netflix and don't do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sattva is is like the the bridging almost of the two where you know you're not burning yourself out you have enough energy to get off the couch but it's not the energy that like drives you to burnout it's the energy that's sustainable that's um uh uh almost like it it's just like ongoing yeah like it cycles itself within itself and it just on goes it sustains itself without you needing to really try um yeah, and that's that's definitely something I think a lot of yoga classes need more of rather than the sense of I'm just going to make your abs bleed, then I'm going to make your arms bleed, yeah. and we're going to make your butt bleed. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're just going to like stand and breathe for a bit and like notice and yeah. Yeah, those like great. those those waves are nice. Like I'm fine for a vigorous practice. I'm totally cool with a chill practice. Um I guess in like a restorative practice, you're not really going to have any like rajas component unless maybe you did like a um, a more heated, energizing pranayama breath practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, you're not going to be jumping around or moving too quickly. But, but so within the context of a more fiery class to have like those waves, those different components, the different gunas in there to make yeah. it a little more sustainable and knowing that you're really training your brain in different ways instead of just getting like some areas you're you're kind of going all over the map and feeding all areas creating more density or within your week like if I have a class like the ones that I'm doing then I'm on other days doing more chill things just to kind of like round out my brain skills like brain growth because it just just feels good like I just notice if I'm not having if I don't have a stiller practice then well, for me, it just doesn't feel like yoga. So, mm, yeah, need that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the brain loves the variety. It like probably thrives off of it, you know, like all parts of it get this different kind of a workout. Yeah, it feels good to learn. Yeah, it does. And then it feels good to do something and succeed. And then you want to do something Mm -hmm. more. Um, Yeah. There was something else I think I had read briefly in another study and I won't, I'm not going to quote it for sure, but yeah, I think it was meditation increased the amount of nitric oxide in your body, which is, um, it like helps to basically better oxygenate your, your cells, the way blood is moved through your body. Uh So, because I was thinking about that, because I'm training to do a 10K or two 10Ks in April. (gasps) Amazing. Yay. So much fun. But I don't want to get like super tired. I want to be able to do it and feel good because previously I've had low iron when I ran because I just had low iron because of my cycle. Uh, So I'm like working on that a lot and I'm like, okay, how can I get more nitric oxide? Because it's supposed to be apparently Mm -hmm. like... Someone else had said like nitric oxide is related to like almost all disease in, in your body. But oh, really? a lot of things are. Oh. Um, okay. What about like if you meditated before you went out running or did like that f- exercise where you're <laughs> needing to pump oxygen to your cells like at a rapid rate? Yeah, you could. Right? Yeah. Like, I want to measure that. That's freaking I, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And that cool. starts in your brain. It's, it was starting, I think, with your brainstem or, so, or something like that. Somewhere down in the really deeper cool. part of your brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder if nitric oxide in your brain is a neurotransmitter because a lot of things in the body does like vasodilation, like opens up your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. But in the brain, it does like a slightly different thing. Like it does that and other things because your brain is just a different, it's a different creature, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different, um, very different organ from all the other organs. Yeah, it just like increased the amount of nitric oxide in your blood, I think. That's cool, but it's coming from the from brain your because brain. Of meditation. Because you're just sitting yeah, there, like awesome. I'm gonna get ready to run, but I'm gonna sit and chill here and do this first. <sighs> you know what you should do though, on a, a like a purely physical um, level, is beet juice. Oh yeah, the beet juice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. yeah. Start to dose yourself with that that nice red beet. We juice. eat a lot of beets, and Eric grated up like friggin' pounds of it, and then we froze oh. it in the freezer in little packages to add to a smoothie. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I love beets. I could eat them like every day. They're like the perfect mix of like soft and sweet and carby. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> They're good. I yeah. Love beets. I mean, yeah. sugar is made from beets. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it they are delicious. I'm all about the beets. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so is there anything else we wanted to add? I think that's pretty cool. I'll, I will link to some good papers. Um, one of them I didn't read, but I just read like the header of it. It was looking at actually your genes and meditation. Okay. That's cool. Probably epigenetics, but yeah, probably epigenetics. Yeah. Oh, that's the last one. Yeah. You, you have it there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will look that up too. Um, we could always mention it in our last episode. I think our last episode doesn't have to be just about one topic. Oh, two more episodes. Two more. Oh, we have two more. Okay, yeah, our last two episodes. Yeah. We'll just follow up whenever we can. Uh, anyway, it'll be in the show notes and available for you for sure. And then you can, we might be able to do, we might have some time to do a little analyses and thinking. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. have fun um, making new neurons today. You too. Yeah. <laughs> Go enjoy your neurons today. 700 of them. 700 chances to just crush it. Oh my goodness. But does that mean 700 also die? I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. We'll see. Let's just think about the new ones. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the chat, Matt. Thank you. Congrats. All right. Congrats again. Oh, thank you. Woo woo. (laughs) Woo. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.